All right, all right, who's fired up? Faith promised this weekend. Incredible to see you. Heart for the Harvest, as we just finished this last week, uh, was incredible. It's just incredible. I'm going to share the number just a second, but just to let you know that each year it is, you know, it probably began at half a million and it's risen and risen. And last year was uh, just, uh, was it right at $2.1 million? And this year, this year, uh, with, you know, we still haven't fully recovered from COVID. But this year, together, uh, so many people sacrificed the game. This year, over $2.2 million you gave to the Lord through Heart for the Harvest. Way to go, way to go. And we told you stories about, about how people gave and God blessed, but I just want to share, because sometimes you think, well, if I give, God's going God's to do something incredible. He doesn't always do that. We don't give to get. Sometimes we get because we give, but that's not our motivation. So uh, last week I told you a story, incredible. This weekend, just like Michelle and I gave our largest single financial gift we've ever given in our whole lives together. Uh, and at that same time, the engine blew up in our car. Uh, two or three other things happened that actually cost money. We didn't get money. Are you with it? But we didn't give it because we wanted God to give. We give because we love God. We give because we love people. Come on, are y'all with me? So I just want to say that because you might be a first-time giver. You may join the generosity journey and think, well, you know, we sacrificed, we did it without, and what about? Sometimes that's just the way it works. Amen? Listen, we're never going to try to sort of blow smoke and try to get you to do something. We're going to try to do our best to be dead-level honest. Amen? Well, long before there was a Macy's Day or Rose Bowl or even Mardi Gras, there was what the Romans simply called the procession. Pompa in Latin, which is display, magnificence, or just simply a parade. Now, following a successful campaign of the Roman army, when they had won the battle, uh, there was a herald that was sent from the battle all the way back to the city of Rome to tell the good news. They would run through the streets announcing the approach of the Vir Triumphalus, which is the man of triumph. Now, that word herald is actually where we get the word preach because the herald would run with good news, and we herald, we come with good news that our king won the battle, that Jesus crucified resurrected from the dead, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. So to preaches, we get it to herald. And so when the herald would run through the streets of, of, of Rome, the people would get ready because they knew that the parade was coming. They would open up all the temples of the different, you know, gods that they worshiped, and each temple would burn at that point the same incense, this perfume that smelled like victory. The people would line the streets because they knew before long there was going to be a party, a parade, and everybody would line throwing flowers there, and they would know eventually the, the conquering general would enter Rome riding a gold golden chariot drawn by four white stallions. It'd be incredible. Behind the chariot 
would be the would be the defeated army, beginning with the most powerful positions, and these this defeated army would be chained to the chariot that was that that the victorious general was riding in, and this this army were they were being led to their execution. People would cheer as the conquering hero would ride by, but they would go wild when they saw the defeated army because that army had as its goal to defeat Rome. And so there was this massive deal in, in, in Rome known as the procession or the triumphal procession. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul used in the letter to 2 Corinthians. Because many times there are secular terms that are baptized or Christianized to teach us a spiritual truth with a using a natural term. So in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says this, but thanks be to God who sometimes, no, so who what? Always, this is so huge, always leads us in triumphant Christ. That's the same word, the triumphal procession, that Roman general. God is always leading us in triumph in Christ and manifesting to us the sweet aroma, remember the incense, the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him. And that's exactly the term that's used in this letter. And so when the apostle Paul sent this letter, they got the application, the message. It was ever clear to everybody in that day. So we who are following Jesus are the sweet aroma of victory. Now, Paul recognizing in himself that he was once an enemy of God. He was a persecutor of the church. They're holding the coats when they stoned Stephen, and he, it was attributed to him the death of believers and the imprisonment of believers. So Paul's perspective which is, by the way, our perspective from this parade is that Paul, along with us, we are chained to the chariot, being led by our victorious king who defeated death, hell, and the grave and will live forever as the eternal king. So how about you? Let me ask you a question. Are you chained to the chariot? Are you chained? By the way, welcome all of our campus this weekend. We love you guys so much. Guests, we're thrilled you're with us. We're not, this is what we call a standalone weekend. I've had a message burning in my heart for almost a year now and have not just have not been able to wait to share it with you. So whether you're online, in person, God behind bars, by the way, record participation, God behind bars in uh, Heart for the Harvest. Way to go, men and women. We love you. We're so excited about what God is doing. We understand we're living in a turbulent time. Would y'all agree with that? It's geopolitically, politically in America, the hatred, the walls, the barriers, the inflation, all the stuff, the projections. It's terrible. What better time to shine the love and the light of Jesus than the dark day in which we live? God said when, great, when, when sin abounds, grace does much more abound. This is what I believe. I believe our God is in control and our king is in the chariot. Are you with me? And so I'm believing for just a Holy Ghost momentum to flood our sails. 
I'm believing for revival. I'm believing God's going to continue to set the captives free. I believe he's going to build an army to win 1% of the state of Tennessee. I am convinced the absolute best is yet to come, that this next generation is going to rise up, and it's going to be incredible. But I want to establish this biblical. Come on, give the Lord praise. That's right. I got a long way to go and a short time to get there, so I am pretty pumped. And uh, so, I, man, you know, the more excited I am, the faster I talk. So listen fast. Come on. I love it when senior adults come and said, hey, pastor, I know that was a great sermon. If I could have understood it, I would have really loved it. And so I am trying my best. All right, let me ask you a question. Have you ever looked at a picture of yourself and said this? I don't look like that. <laughs> that's not what I look like. And you all laugh because you say, but that's exactly what you look like. Now, we live in a day and time where we can fix that. Selfie delete, selfie delete, selfie delete. 45 selfies later, okay, that's close. Filter, 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 change, change, change. Okay, that looks like me. Actually, your friends and family don't even recognize the person. Are y'all with me? I mean, I, we just don't look like that. Well, let me tell you, there are many times I'm reading my Bible and I say this, God, I don't look like the picture you painted. I, I'm not where you said that I should be. Romans 8, 37 said this, but in all things, in all things, not some things, in all things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. We didn't win. That passage says we're supra conquerors. We are beyond. We are over the top. We, it's not a buzzer beater. It's not a buzzer beater win. We overwhelmingly conquer. Are y'all with me? It's not a last second field goal. I mean, it is, man, we overwhelmingly conquer. And you, but yet you look at yourself and say, hold on a second. That's, I'm not overwhelmingly conquering. I'm not winning in every area <clears throat> of my life. So if God said I'm an over, I'm, I conquer overwhelmingly, then why don't I look like the picture God paints? Why don't I look like the snapshot he shed, that he shared? First John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God has overcome the world. And this is the victory that, over, that overcomes the world. Our faith. I got it. I just don't have enough faith. If I had more faith, then I'd, 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 be, I'd be winning. And have y'all ever heard that, if you just had more faith? Well, let me ask you a question. How many, of you, how many of you have enough faith to believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Let me see your hand. Come on, hold it up, hold it up. All right, how many of you have the faith to believe that he came out of the grave? Come on, see your hand. All right, now, if I ask you, how many of you have faith to be an overwhelming, overwhelmingly conqueror, super conqueror, many of you say, well, that's not me yet. So why not? You are never going to forget this sermon. I preached lots of sermons you've forgotten. I forgot them too, I'm sorry. <laughs> this one, I almost never say that. You'll never forget this message. So hold your hands out like this right here, right in front of you. Imagine that handcuffs, the chains are being wrapped around your hand. You can feel the metal. You can feel it tightening up and locking you in. Because the truth is, we choose our chains. We choose them. You can put them down. Drug addicts choose. Alcoholics choose. Greedy people choose. Are you with me? We, we choose our chain. 
And so you say, wait a minute, Pastor, I'm not, a ch- I'm not chained anymore. When I got saved, those chains were of all that sin was set free. But the Bible says that God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were sinners and enmity that Jesus died for us. So we were at opposition and at salvation, we are unchained from our sins, but as, as we surrender to Jesus, we are chained to his chariot. Are you with me? You're chained to the chariot. Now, if you finish reading the rest of Second the Second Corinthians, this letter to the to the believers in Corinth and the believers in Rome, and Paul has just said that God, he's being led in this this triumphal procession. He would say, but what about all his failures? What about all of his problems? What about all of his pain? Because Paul knew what failure looked like. He knew what losses were all about. He, thanks be to God, who always leads me in this triumphal procession. What about being beaten? What about being snake bit? What about being in prison more times than he could count it? What about being flogged 39 times 39 lashes five times. What about riots? What about being run out of town? What about being the number one most wanted man in Israel? What about everybody hating your guts? If you would have looked at Paul in that day, you would have said, Paul is a loser. A loser. Here's the problem. If you don't get anything, get this. If you're listening, say I am. We believe the Bible, Right? but we also believe the American scoreboard. So when we say I overwhelmingly conquer, when we say I'm a victor, when we say he leads us in triumph, all those words means I have, that mean I have a lot of money. I'm healthy. My marriage is good. My kids are healthy. My business is doing fine. Everything is going great. Life is good. Everything is to the right and going up and looks great. See, we have, we have taken the American dream and we plugged it into the Bible and we've tried to make the Bible say that if you have pain and problems, obviously God's not in it, which means we never read any scripture because every godly person in the Bible suffered pain, problems, loss, tribulation, persecution, martyrdom, and hatred. The problem is we've got the American school board, not the biblical school board. Does this make sense? And so can I tell you, when they said, Paul, you're a loser, Paul said, you don't understand. I was an enemy of God, a persecutor of the church. I was hellbound. He opened my eyes. I'm chained to the chariot, and he always leads me in triumphal procession. Don't look what's going on around me. Look where my hands are. Look at the glory of God in the chariot. Look at the miraculous power of my king who rose from the grave. Come on, somebody. Now, here's part of the problem. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to be chained to the chariot. I want to drive the chariot. I do. I want to drive. Because see, I'm a control freak. I know that shocks many of you because I'm the love and grace preacher. But here's the deal. And so if I want to be victorious, I've got to stay chained to the chariot. You want to conquer? To conquer the world, we must first be conquered. Before you fight for your marriage, 
before you fight for your children, your ministry, your small group, your finances, your business, you better surrender to the king that's already won the victory. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Y'all getting this? You may not know something. This is incredible preaching. I'm just going to tell you right now. Any area of your life where you're experiencing repeated failure, you are not chained to the chariot in that area in your life. You're not letting Jesus be Lord. See, conquerors must first be conquered. Let me, let me show you an incredible biblical illustration out of the life of Jesus in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. This, this passage used to, used to really puzzle me until I put it in line of all that I'm sharing with you today. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, came to him imploring him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go and he goes. Another come and he comes. My slave do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled. This part that gets me. He marveled and said to those who are following, truly, I say to you, I have not found such a great faith with anyone in Israel. I want to have that kind of faith, don't you? I want Jesus to say, wow, Chris, I never dreamed you could have that much. Oh, wow, look at it. What an incredible faith. What was it about this guy that he saw that no one else had seen? He was a centurion, which means 100 soldiers were under his command. As he remained loyal to the emperor, he then had the emperor's authority and he could command those 100 men and they would go and do whatever he said to the point of laying down their life. But if he rebelled against the emperor, he lost his authority. And he looks at Jesus and said, hey, I'm also a man under authority. What does that mean? I see that you're under authority. Like you, I too, I am also a man under authority. I'm gonna do my own errands. I'm gonna do my own task. I said, well, this soldier going and he goes, this one come and he goes, so this slave do this and he does it. They do whatever I say. And all you have to do is say it because you too are a man with authority and under authority. All you've got to do is say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus is blown out of the water because this guy got what no one had gotten. He realized as long as Jesus was under the authority of the Father, Jesus had the Father's authority and all he had to do is speak and it would be done. Does this make sense? See, the emperor, I mean the centurion, all he had to do was stay loyal to the emperor and he had the emperor's authority. Jesus stayed loyal to the father, he had the father's authority. You are under Jesus' authority and as you stay chained to the chariot, you too have Jesus' authority. Are y'all with me? Now, what we have to realize is we say this, well, I'm going to win. I'm going to win the victory. I'm going to do this. No, no, no. The dude in the chariot won the victory. I'm following him. It's not me. See, he always leads me in this triumphal procession. We say, I'll win this fight. We're going to do it. We're going to, I love this, the worship song we do every now and then. This is how I fight my battles. See, I don't fight my battles with me. I fight my battles with him. I don't fight for victory, I fight from victory because he is already leading me everywhere, every place in triumphant victory. So David, teenager, 
is told by his father to go to the battle, check and see, takes the food to your brothers and to their general, and then come back and tell me. He goes, while he's there, Goliath, this nine foot, six inch tall giant, begins mocking God and taunting the children, taunting the warriors of Israel, and they're all terribly afraid. And finally, David said, is nobody gonna kill this uncircumcised Philistine by blaspheming the God of heaven? I'll go kill him. So he tells Saul, I'll kill this giant. Saul says, oh, you son, you're just a lad. This dude's a warrior. Yeah, he said, did I kill the lion, kill the bear, I'll kill him? It's no problem. Because see, David understood something that we rarely get. We rarely get it. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47, he said this. He tells Goliath today, I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. He said, for the battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is Lord. While Israeli soldiers are hiding in the bush, the battle is the Lord. When your marriage looks bad, the battle is the Lord. When you got a prodigal child, the battle is the Lord's. When it's looking bad for your business, the battle is the Lord's. And folks, when you let the God fight your battles and you are chained to the chariot, it is a circumstance that determine whether we are victorious or not. As long as we are chained, we are being led in a procession through the triumphant. Come on, somebody. We have the victory. We pray for souls. We pray for revival. We pray for God to move. But it is God who saves. Every soul saved, God does. Every person healed, God does it. Everyone encouraged, God does it. Everyone delivered, God does it. We're chained to the chariot. That's our responsibility. It is his responsibility to win this battle. That's why before you fight, you've got to surrender. I am chained to the chariot, and he is leading me in this procession. Are y'all with me? Come on, somebody. Man. Yet if we're not careful, we'll spend most of our life trying to get out of the chains and instead of just following in submission. Does this make sense? Instead of allowing the king to win, we won't control. Come on, men. We are so bad about this. We're fix it. Are you with me? We want to win it. We want to defeat it. We want to we want, to, we want to conquer. We want the trophy, the championship. Jesus is the champion. My responsibility is to be filled with his spirit, chained to his chariot. My responsibility is to love him with all my heart, soul, mind, strength, and body, and be chained to his chariot. My soul is to live lavish worship and to be chained to his chariot. My soul is to live awed at the God with whom we serve and say chained to the chariot. My response to whatever, whenever, whyever, whatever this world does is to say chained to the chariot because the hand that holds you, everything in our lives is an overflow of that. Are you with me? You say, wait a minute, Pastor, these, those guys were being led to execution. Right. Right, I'm glad some of you caught that. A couple chapters over, chapter four, verse 10. He said, we're always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. It's about other people. 
And let's be honest, God's done some incredible works at Faith Promise and we're so grateful. But the only hope for the future is what God will do. Anybody's transformed, God will transform. Anybody's delivered, He will do it. Any chains of the flesh that are broken, He will break them. Any addict set free, He will do it. Don't look at me, it's Him. Are you with me? Chain to the chariot. You've all, if you've been around for a while, you walked through difficult time. Pastor Josh Whitehead, as his wife went home to be with the Lord, four-year battle with cancer. Let me tell you what I let me tell you what I know about Pastor Josh Whitehead. He's chained to the chariot. Chained to the chariot. In the midst of the darkest days of life, he stayed chained to the chariot. He's a victor. Always led in triumph. Always. Justin Petrowski. We he, we buried his dad, one of my best friends. Three and a half years later, we buried his little baby sister. Difficult days. Just to say, he stayed chained to the chariot. Circumstances looked horrible, but God was leading him in a triumphal procession. And his mom, Gloria. Brenda is our receptionist, Felsippi Campus. Her husband's great friend of mine, pastor of church in Anderson County. Cutting a tree down, the tree flipped backwards and impaled him and killed him in the front yard with all his sons out there with him. It's a terrible, terrible tragedy. Brenda stayed chained to the chariot. She's leading ministry. Does she miss her husband? Of course she does. But she's chained to the chariot. See, the circumstances is not about how much money or the numbers or the nickels or the noses. The mark of victory is I'm chained to the chariot. Is there an area of your life that you need to surrender up? Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you say, Pastor Chris, would you pray for me? There's just some, there's just some areas in my life I need to be chained to the chariot. Slip up your hands. Go ahead. I need, man, there's, come on. Father God, you see hands all over every campus right now as we raise them up saying, God, we need you. Lord, we know the flesh wants to wants to take off the chains and run back into the sin pit. We rebuke it. We love you, God. Sometimes we're distracted. Sometimes, God, we struggle. And Father, you know that we're but dust. But God, the people here this weekend, they love you, God. They want to be chained. They want to serve you, God. But we can't do it on our own power, only by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, would you release your Holy Spirit? Would you move, God, in glory and a supernatural power? Lord, we want to walk chain to the chariot. God, these people in every campus will never forget this illustration. We are chained to the chariot. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, somebody give God our praise. Give praise in heaven.